Do you know that you swallow really loud too? <laughs> <laughs> gentlemen, boys and girls, children over the age of 21, it's the Hop Nation USA podcast, and we're here with episode 48. I'm joined with my co-host, Adam. Say, say hello. Hello. And then I'm Steve. <laughs> hello. I'll take care of that for you, too. <laughs> You've got other hosting duties to take care of. Uh, I'll, I'll take care of the light work. Thanks. <laughs> uh, let's see. Yeah, we're here with episode 48. Yeah. Ever marching, ever slowly towards that, that your anniversary. Oh, I thought you were going to go with inevitable death, which is also true. Do that too, yeah. You know, but let's not talk about that on this show. There's plenty of other podcasts that take care of that right, sort yeah. of genre. Go, <laughs> go listen to like my favorite murder or uh, last podcast on the left. Yeah. if you want to learn about the yeah. inevitable march of death. <laughs> They're much more prepared for that conversation than we are. Well, they do research on that. We research beer this week, right? Right. <laughs> we, we didn't research <laughs> death and <laughs> decay. <laughs> Yeah, I can imagine one of those guys like, I don't know what a sour is. Right. <laughs> Omnipolo? <Yeah>. Who? <laughs> Sploing. <laughs> Which, but, by the way, is not too bad. I had that last week. I was debating picking one up. It's not bad. Don't get yeah. a six-pack. Right. Get a single. Yeah, there, there was a single at House of Brews. Yeah, I looked I at that too. Considering getting it. It's it's worth the four bucks. Yeah. I, I think it's just because I had another beer that was similar. I didn't want to... I get that. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. It's it's worth the four bucks. Okay. Yeah, I'll see. I'll try it. I'll see what's up. Okay. So this week, as with every other week, we always have a theme, unless we don't. Mm-hmm. But this week we do. <laughs> I. There's never been a week we haven't had a theme. <laughs> I mean, kind of. Yeah. No, like, we, we always try to do a theme. No, we always try to do a theme, but sometimes yeah. it's just not conducive to it. Like, if we're at a brewery, that's kind of the theme, but it's yeah, not the, really a beer theme. Yeah, the, the beer theme is the brewery. <laughs> yeah, all right. If we're, if, we're, if we're going that route, then yes, we have had a theme every week. Yeah, we have a theme every week. <laughs> okay. So, uh, as everybody knows, it is the Olympics. Yes. Happening right now. So, in honor of that, uh, we are going to try Scottish Ales. Sure, that seems pretty loosely tied together. It is very loosely tied. <laughs> very, very loosely tied. As a matter of fact, not even related. Yeah, I think it would just be easier if you just said, uh, we're going to actually feature a style this week. We are going to feature a style <laughs> yeah. this week. As a matter of fact, uh, Scottish Ales. Yeah, yeah, we're doing uh, Scottish Ales and Scotch Ales, which there is, a, there is a slight difference. Will we get into that later on? Yes, we will. Okay, good. <laughs> Yes, there is a slight difference between Scottish Ales and Scotch Ales, but they are fundamentally kind of the same. Is it kind of like the Porter and Stout? You got it, dude. Okay, all right. Did I just blow your cover? No. All right. Because I still have more information on that. Good. Yeah. Good. We'll get, we'll Good. get into that later. Otherwise, that would be a really short segment. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but tonight's first beer uh, is coming to us from the Rivertown Brewery right here in Pittsburgh. Now, this is the Rivertown with an E. Yes. And not the Rivertown without the E, which is an Ohio brewery. <laughs> right. Well, only one E. This one has two E's. Okay, yeah, this yeah. one has two E's. This Yay, has an E. This has an e on, this has an E on the end. <laughs> this is the fancy Rivertown. Right. Uh, but we're drinking the Rivertown Maxwell's Scottish Ale. And it comes in at 5.1%. 
It's a World Beer Cup silver medalist. Oh, so this has some pedigree. So, so we can tie the Olympics. Okay, some, all right. Sort of, kind of. <laughs> Although I don't know if any of the other beers we're having tonight have any kind of medal wins. We can just lie. <laughs> yeah, we can just lie about that. But, uh, yeah, it is a silver medalist in the World Beer Cup in 2014. Okay. And it uh, is made with uh, five different kinds of malt. Do we know what those are? No. All right. Yeah, just five different kinds of malt. For each ring of the Olympics? There you go. There it is. We're, we're going to tie this together somehow, some way. <laughs> and the uh, we're going to shoehorn this so hard. <laughs> uh, and the IBUs are pretty much non-existent. Or I can't find much information on that. Okay. So they're, uh, as typical with a lot of these Scottish and Scotch ales, uh, hops are not a factor. They're there, but they aren't accounted for sort of like Russia yeah in this year's Olympics <laughs> yeah so we're gonna crack this one open and see what's up and looking at this beer we have a very dark ale yes uh, but it's not like a porter or a stout dark it's very much kind of a brown it is I would call it a a dark caramel yeah or caramel if that's how you pronounce it yeah I think I I don't know which one I say I think I, I say caramel. It depends on how drunk I am. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but yeah, definitely a dark caramel. Dark caramel? Caramel? <laughs> caramel? I don't think that's an option. <laughs> caramel. Is now. All right. Dark caramel? <laughs> uh, the head is... Eh. It's a classic off-white. Yeah, classic off-white. It dissipated rather quickly after you poured it out of the can. Mm-hmm. So, by the way, it's in a can. Yes. That's neither here nor there. No. Just, just if you're looking for it, it's in a can. Well, I mean, I think the majority of Rivertown brews come in a can. I believe so, too. So. Yeah. <laughs> On the nose, super malty. Oh, yes. Very yeah. much so. But I mean, what do you expect? Well, that goes along with the style. <laughs> it's uh, like I and as I already said, hops are, you know, negligible. The Russians. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm getting a lot of maltiness on it. Roastiness. To little, a degree. Yeah, a little bit of roastiness and a little bit of sweet. So, let's see how this... Uh, let's how, just drink it. Yeah, how this goes. Hmm. You know, I'm very whelmed. You're whelmed. I am very whelmed. <laughs> Straight down the middle. <laughs> it is. It is. And that's not a bad thing. This is a, a very straight shooter. Mm-hmm. It's a beer. Scottish. Scottish ale. I'm sorry, it's Scottish or Scotch? Is this one Scottish the, the, or Scotch? Okay, so this is a Scottish ale. Okay, yeah. all right. But in terms of just beer in general, it's a straight shooter. It's a beer. Yeah. And I don't mean that as an insult. No, and uh, I, uh, it's kind of important to distinguish that this is an ale, not a lager. Okay. And I think that's important to, to note because this is very similar to lager styles. You okay. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like this is this is a lot like what you would find with, you know, uh in previous episodes when we did like the flying bison mm-hmm. and even if you're just drinking a yingling. Like your like your Vienna lagers. <laughs> right. It's very they're very kind of similar in taste profile. They have that, that malt forward taste. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're very malt forward. This one's pretty sweet, but it's also even drinking. It is. It is. It does have a, a, a little bit of crispness on the back end. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely, I'm getting like a more of a caramel sweet back end yeah. for me. Okay. Yeah. But it's a. It's not sickly sweet. No, no, no. Not at all. And, and that is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think this beer can afford to be sickly sweet. Yeah. But yeah, it, it definitely, it I, has, it has good malt flavors. Yeah. Like all through it. I can dig it. Yeah. 
I can dig it. I'm okay with it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely okay with this beer. What I'm not okay with is the lack of news and notes. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> and there ain't nothing out, out there. There's like one thing. Uh, well, I mean, I found two things. Uh, but they were actually related. So one and a half? Yeah. It's just, are you an optimist or a pessimist? Are you rounding up or rounding down? I'm rounding up. For the sake of the show. <laughs> rounding up. <laughs> but, so let's go with uh, part one of the news and yeah. notes. So part one is... We didn't get into this last week, but this is basically when the story broke last week. Right, right. Uh, Stone Brewery from you know California. Mm-hmm. I've heard of it. Well known. Yeah, you've heard of it. You don't care for it. <laughs> That's not necessarily true. Okay, but name a stone beer you like. Zocovesa. Okay, there you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> Everybody gets one. They're like Spider-Man. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, everything else is ideas. <laughs> I know. So. <laughs> I know. Uh, for many people who may have saw Greg Koch or Gre- Coke, one of the two. Koch, Coach. However, <laughs> Greg. Yeah, Greg. It's caramel or caramel. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't matter. Caramel. Caramel. But he launched a video. He did declaring Stone's intention to sue Miller Coors and specifically their Keystone and I brand. Can't, <laughs> I can't really say that I blame him because it's pretty blatant. It, I guess I don't know. It is. It, it is okay. I mean, you're yeah. I like the general intention of the suit and like the heart behind it. Right. And uh, just to get into exactly why Stone is suing Keystone, which in essence is Miller Coors. Right. Which is Miller Coors. Right. But Miller Coors owns a bunch of shitty brands. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but specifically, Keystone has rebranded themselves as of late. And the manner in which they've rebranded themselves has made it seem as though they're advertising stone beers, sort of. In previous years, the way cans were printed, the cans were printed in such a manner that Keystone was one word by Mm. itself. The new cans feature two lines, and Key is on its own line, and Stone is on its own line. And so it can be very forward-presenting. Right. That stone is on its own. And not only on the can, but whenever they use it in advertising, mm-hmm. the stone is is always forward. Okay. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. Because I'm a cord cutter, and I, I probably <laughs> haven't seen a commercial. <laughs> well, it's not even commercials, but billboards as well. Okay. Uh, they'll do that. Okay. I, yeah. I, I, I'm just, I'm very advertising adverse. I don't blame you. Right. So I, I don't see ads. I have, I use ad blocker like a jerk off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is using ad blocker really a jerk off move? I don't think it is. Depending on, depending on what site. Yeah. If you're on something, I think if you're on something that you support, you should turn your ad blocker off. I'll give you that. But if you're on something you don't support and it's just like inundated with garbage. Like CNN. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but aside from that, yeah, I haven't really seen any advertising. I tried to go on YouTube and find, like, a video <laughs> to watch, maybe, just to see if there was, like, more to this. Because in, in Greg's video, mm. uh, you know, he's holding the can in such a way that it shows that you can hold the can in such a way that it says stone only. Right. And, and that's, I, I've seen that in advertising as well. Okay. See, so, I, I, I haven't seen that in other advertising. I'm assuming it was. Honestly, to the point, and I'll admit, I haven't seen the video. I, mm-hmm. I just knew about it and I, I was aware of the situation. Mm-hmm. But admittedly, in their advertisements that I had seen, I just assumed that they kind of dropped the key 
Okay. And they were just showing stone. Oh, okay. I thought it was going to be like, you know, apostrophe stone, like, hey, throw me a stone. Right. Kind yeah. of thing. Right. And Which I, they've been they've been saying that shit for a while. Right. Right. But it, it seemed like they were keying in on that. Mm-hmm. Pun somewhat intended. Yeah. <laughs> oh, ho, ha, ha. Uh, I guess apparently also when they stack 30 racks. There, it, it, okay. It's also very stone forward. So if you're like looking, right. if you're looking through a distributor, right, you'll see. Stone. Now, granted, if you've been drinking beer for more than five minutes, mm-hmm. this shouldn't affect you whatsoever. Yeah, that's the, that's the thing. I'm not. That's the one way I don't know if I'm getting behind this because I don't know who this affects. Like, like you said, for us, we know better. Well, not necessarily, because I have drank it in the past, so I don't necessarily know better. But you never confused it. No, certainly not. <laughs> you oh, never confused. That's no. what I'm getting at. Right. You've never confused it for stone. Right. Right. However, there's that one percent chance. Yeah. Where somebody sees stone, like, oh, I heard my nephew Jimmy talk about stone beer. Yeah. Oh, look at this. So okay. They come in thirty packs. All right, you. All right, you just made the point that I was hoping somebody would make. <laughs> I would. You made the point I was hoping. Well, I mean, well I'm the only one here, so... I know, yeah, there's nobody else here. <laughs> I was, You made a point that I was hoping you would make. Is this time for point-counterpoint? Well, no, no, I'm, a, oh. I'm going to agree with you on this one. Because you, you just demonstrated the one instance that I could find that this would work. And that's all you need to demonstrate? Um, the Very similar to what you just said is it happens all the time in like the video game world. Mm-hmm. Where people get confused between PlayStation and Xbox and right, you know Nintendo, and they just like bring home an Xbox game for their loved one that right, you know, because they don't know what system. Yeah, <laughs> I got you a N- Nintendo game. Yeah, yeah, just the, for the Nintendo. That's right, what it right. is. It's just for the Nintendo. Yeah, it, it's pretty well known that uh, for a specific case of this, the the sales between the Wii and the Wii U mm-hmm. were. Like, the Wii U sold very poorly, and that's because it was one of the first Nintendo systems that didn't differentiate itself from the last one. Right, which was a huge marketing blunder. Yeah, like, Nintendo's always gone, it's like N64, Super Nintendo, it always has a different name. Right. And then they came out with the Switch, that's a completely different name, and it's one of the best-selling consoles ever. <laughs> Which is really weird because I i don't know anybody that owns one. Well, I, I don't know anybody. Of course, I'm also not in that demographic necessarily. Yeah, we're, we're kind of getting more out of that demographic. Well, we're barely hanging on yeah. to that 18 to 34 demographic. <laughs> yeah, we're, After that, our dollars mean nothing. Yeah, at this point, uh, it's people buying that stuff for their kids. Right, <laughs> right. Um, I'll just buy Corvettes instead. Yeah, but back to uh, Stone versus Keystone. Obviously, this is a case where it's pretty subjective. I, it I'm it not, is. I'm not one to make this decision. I only know bird law. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I guess the biggest thing they would have to defend against or, or persecute towards? I'm not sure how it would be. But the one thing they would have to prove is intent, I would think. Yeah. Did they intend to infringe on stone brewing right that's gonna be mighty difficult to prove but there is some precedent to that okay uh miller cores has tried in the past to register the name stone aha okay so they had to be aware of it because if they tried and failed right they tried and yeah miller cores did try and fail to register the name stone so that's obviously not theirs (laughs) I, i wonder if they tried to pull a vanilla ice 
Hmm. Where they had this dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> It's that little da dun da. Yeah. I and that's the thing, like obviously Coors is gonna point to their can and say, Oh, it still says Keystone. Right. But then, you know, Stone says, Yeah, but you're highlighting the stone part. <laughs> right. There I don't think much is going to come of this, I'll be perfectly honest. It'll probably just get settled out of court. Oh, absolutely. They just go away. Yeah. Just go away, money. But again, I, I that's why I like the public nature that Greg, you know, came out with this. I, I agree. Unfortunately, uh, the audience that this was uh, geared towards mm-hmm. is an audience that already knows. Yeah, preaching to yeah. There's a lot of preaching to the choir right. on this one, which is which is fine because you need to get that word out saying, "Hey, we're going to try to take on the man." Mm-hmm. That, that's fine. That's good press for them. Right. But we're not the audience you have to worry about. And again, I'm I'm wondering if this is something geared towards uh, younger drinkers, in a way. I mean, like college kids and things like that, the, yeah. the ones that are just coming of age. Right. How do you figure? Because I don't think I don't. Uh, alcohol has that nature about it where you're not really supposed to know, <laughs> you know, the ins and outs of or, it. Or like you, you show up one day at 21 and all of a sudden this whole world is supposed to open up to you. Yeah. And you don't know anything. Yeah. No quotes for everybody that can't <laughs> see my hands. Yeah. Now, I mean, there are, there's gotta be some people like that. True. True. Yeah. I, I, not all of us grew up white trash. <laughs> <laughs> Drinking in their teens when they shouldn't have been. <laughs> <laughs> Drinking <laughs> just warm Miller Genuine Draft. Yeah. So uh, it's uh, and plus uh, when you're out, if you're a younger person, you're going out mm-hmm. and you just ask for a stone. What are you gonna get? Exactly. Yeah. What are you getting? Yeah. And if you see like somebody has just cans of stone, you know, yeah, quote no. unquote stone, you had cans of. St- fake stone right. in a cooler <laughs> faux stone yeah faux stone <laughs> and you say hey oh i've heard a stone give me a stone you know? yeah no i agree with that I, it's going to be very interesting i'm going to keep track of this one yeah. a little bit well i i think i mean i think you're right in that it's just going to settle out of court and everything mm-hmm. but i believe that the uh, greg and stone are going to keep the publicity up yeah. about it and rightfully so yeah and rightfully so yeah and hopefully you know they'll because re- you know, even though Keystone has been around longer than Stone, mm-hmm. it's very apparent that this rebranding is just coming now. Right. Right. So it's very apparent that they're trying to do something. Especially with the, they had already kind of set the precedent of trying to trademark Stone. Right. And they already got denied. Yeah. They so already, they, they already have in their, in their minds, in their archives, you know, this has already been tried and failed. Right. So why are you trying it again? Yeah, this has been tried and failed, but we're going to try it a different way. Mm-hmm. And so now we're going to try to capitalize on the Stone Brewing brand right? by putting just stone on our can. Well, uh, the, the other thing is maybe they just don't – obviously, that beer company, they should know. But maybe people in the marketing side of things don't know about Stone Brewing and they just barrel uh, Come ahead. on. Come on. Somebody's got to play devil's advocate for just a minute. <laughs> just a minute. That's just bullshit. <laughs> you don't know. Uh, no, that's the argument they'll probably use in court. Oh, <laughs> duh. We didn't know. Tucker didn't know the difference <laughs> that, oh, there was a real stone brewing out there. <laughs> See, but that, uh, it would have to be an intern that doesn't know anything about beer, which, it, again, is going to be kind of a very narrow field. 
Yeah, that's, yeah. I, I wouldn't buy it. Yeah, I think you just presented a whole lot of bullshit arguments. and That's what I'm good at. They should probably just be <laughs> stricken from the record. <laughs> I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not having any of this. I'm not having any of this in my court. <laughs> I didn't know that there was a... Nah. Oh, get him out of here. That was a night court joke. <laughs> <laughs> They've been around since 1996. You have to know that Stone yeah, is a yeah. brand. <laughs> Come on. I wish them the best. Yeah I, yeah, I hope for the best for them. I hope they actually really stick at the Miller cores. I do too. I don't think it's going to make a drop in a drop in a bucket of difference to Miller coolers. I don't know. I don't, I don't I don't think it will. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We don't know what the outcome of the case is yet. So. That is true because <laughs> if I did, I would put money on it. Yeah. And then I would be rich. Right. And then we could get new microphones, new soundboard, and an intern. Yeah, this uh could be, you know, something that actually really stings Miller cores. True. You don't know. There might be like a judge who like is like, oh yeah, they're getting tired of the chicanery. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting my foot down yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> Just a hanging judge of craft beer. <laughs> it really sticks it to him. So. I like it. You never know what's going to happen. True. But True. Uh, we'll see. Um, with that, though. Yeah. How does that uh, splice into the 1B? Uh, the 1B of this is... I know this is kind of hard for you to care about in general because you don't care for Stone as a brewery. They, they put I out care too for many. them as people. I'm just saying, yeah, but they put out too many IPAs for you to really care about. True. So I have a way to maybe get you more invested in the Stone brand. Literally or figuratively? Figuratively. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> well, kind of literally, but more figuratively. All right, all right. Stone is launching a new Sour Series. That is something I can sub- subscribe to. Yeah. See, there you go. All right. Then. So it's literal investment in that you'll be paying for the beer. <laughs> when are they planning on uh, debuting this? Uh, well, so they they had kind of a secret secret quiet release of a beer. Okay. In sort of like a seventeen. Like a test. Yeah. See if it, if it would take. Yes, yeah, kind of a test. Uh, but now they're going to release uh, one every quarter. Okay. And they're going to start with one in March, and it's going to be the Sauvignon Blanc. Sauvignon Blanc. Sauvignon Blanc. That sounds fancy. It is. <laughs> it is fancy. Or at least it costs a fancy amount of money. <laughs> oh, how fancy is it? Well, you're going to be looking at $32 for a four-pack. Uh, no, I'm just going to look at $32 in my wallet still. Well, <laughs> so yeah, the, the beer itself is a little expensive, but that's because they're putting a lot of time and effort into it. Well, sours, you have to put a lot of time into them to begin yeah. with. And they're they're kind of doubling up on that extra. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. They're, they're, this beer is very extra from what I've been reading. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so what they what they do is they're taking the Sauvignon Blanc grapes from the California area mm-hmm. because, you know. California, Cap- yeah. Mine. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and they're making a sour base out of that. Okay. So the beer is going to be eighty percent, eighty-eight percent of this sour base. Okay. And then they're taking twelve percent of uh, IPA. Damn it! Ah. So close. <laughs> I know. So close. Ah, you already said you're out at thirty-two dollar price well, point. Well, that's so. just me being cheap. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but they're they're taking an IPA that's been aged in red wine barrels. They're going to blend that twelve percent into the other. I mean, if it's if it's a seven to one ratio. I mean, it's not going to be that hoppy. You should still be fine. They say it's pretty heavy on, like, the grape must flavor. All right. Much better uh, than hoppy. Yeah. But uh, this is the first one that's coming out, and it's coming out March 11th. Okay. Yeah. It'll be available from... uh, I've read it'll be available March 11th to the 25th. Okay. 
or probably until stocks run out. <laughs> any any chance of it coming to Pennsylvania? Well, I believe you could order some out of the Richmond uh, ah. facility they have. Okay. So you might be able to have some delivered from there or go uh, to Richmond and pick it up. I say, I don't know if we have enough clout on this podcast to have Stone hand deliver us beers, but no. let's try. <laughs> we don't have enough clout for them to deliver us, hand, uh, deliver us beers, and definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> definitely not this one. <laughs> I don't have any information on the other ones that are going to be released later in the year. I don't know if they're going to be a similar price point or... Okay. You just know that it's happening. Yeah, I just know that it's happening. Uh I mean, part of the reason why this one is $32 is like it, like we already talked about, sours take a while themselves. Mm-hmm. The red wine aged IPA is yeah. a two-year... <laughs> so they've two, been at this a while. Yeah, it's a two-year okay. aging, so that's a lot of time already invested. Okay. So I don't know if they're, the other ones are going to go as hard. Gotcha. So in terms of sours, I do have one small note. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you think of sour and wild beers... In Pittsburgh, what brewery do you think of? Drylock. That is correct. Uh, unfortunately, Drylog is going away. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Where are they going? Uh, Drylog will no longer exist. No, no, but where are they going? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where they're going, but Drylog will no longer exist. Who told you this? The news. What's the news? Then? They are rebranding okay. to Strange Roots Brewing. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's just easier to say. Well, the reason behind that is they want to expand uh-huh. their their beer... Uh, catalog? Thank you. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, their beer catalog. They want to get into other styles beyond the wild ales and the sour beers. Fair enough. Which I get. So as part of that, they're expanding their name to, to Strange Roots to kind of capture that. Are they uh, going to... Uh, are they expanding facility as well? I don't know that. Okay. I don't know that. Okay. Just wanted, it yeah. wouldn't surprise me, and it would make sense that they would? Yeah, it would make sense to me, being that uh, they already... Uh, one, there's a lot of breweries in Pittsburgh that are already expanded to two locations. Right, <laughs> right. Uh, Voodoo, they're opening another they've got, two locations, I believe. I was going to say, they've got one, two, three, four that I can think of. Well, I think they're opening two more, though. Okay. Like, they're... I believe one is going in Grove City, right? That one's already open. That okay. Was, that was one of the ones I was counting. Okay. And then I believe they're putting another one in Florida. In Florida? I, I read some. Uh, I could be totally wrong on this, but that's, I'm pretty sure I... That's a ballsy move. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they're expanding down to Florida, which, I mean, that doesn't make total not not They're sense. taking the Peronis <laughs> route. Yeah. That's not, not sense. Yeah. Because they're, they're, <laughs> they're taking care of the, uh, the snowbirds. Exactly. Which is fine. Their money's good, too. Yeah, there's plenty of people. (laughs) (laughs) Meadville and all of that area is full of people who moved down to the south. Correct. For the uh, winter. Correct. So look for strange routes to to overtake dry log here in the next month, I believe, is as I understand it. I'm okay with that. I I am, too. You scared me for a minute. You said they were going away. (laughs) No, they, they have slowly become one of the institutions of Pittsburgh craft beer mm-hmm. it, yes they're they're always a little bit on the outside simply because of the styles that they yeah. produce oh yeah but also because of that they've become one of the staples oh yeah it's it, they're one of the most unique breweries around so. agreed agreed so, so now they're going to be even more unique by being like everybody else <laughs> <laughs> i mean i hope it doesn't affect their their sours and no no i think they've been at this game long enough 
Yeah, I, I hope they don't take away too much from no, what I, they're I already don't, and, producing because yeah. that is really unique, especially to the area. Right. Also, I'm wrong about Voodoo. Oh, okay. They're just expanding distribution to Florida. Ah, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Okay. But still, that's a pretty big leap, and that's good for them as well. It is. It is. So we should probably uh, talk about the beer they got in front of us. Mm-hmm. If we're going to keep talking Pittsburgh beers. Uh, yes. The Rivertown Maxwell's, Maxwell's Scottish, Scottish Ale. Oh, man, we need to get on the same page here. <laughs> Which, by the way, is a product of the USA. It says so on the can. Nice. Because it's made in export Pennsylvania. <laughs> I feel like you... I mean, do you really have to put that on there? I mean, Listen, it's got a Scottish flag on the, as part of the background. Okay, maybe that's why. It's just specifically this can. They maybe, <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I'm pretty sure all the cans for this beer have that. They didn't just handwrite it on this one. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty tedious if you ask me. Well, yes, it would be. But bottom line, I like this beer. I think it's okay. Well, you're a big Rivertown fan. Compared to you guys? Yes. Yeah. They do have a few duds. Yeah. I, I There's a... For the most part, I, I'm not the biggest fan of them. I know you're there's not. There's a couple I like, like the the Rudolph Red. Rudolph Red is fantastic. And the the pineapple. The, the Halakahiki? Yeah. I really like that one as a summer beer. On yeah. a hot day, Yeah, that's a good beer. Yeah, that's a pretty excellent uh, summer beer. The Scottish Ale, I'm, I'm enjoying... Uh, definitely would take it over again, even though it is an ale. I would take it over some of those Vienna style lagers that we've had in the right, past. Right, like the uh, well, obviously the mother lager. Well, yeah, yeah, but like even the Vienna lager by uh, Devil's, Devil's Backbone. Backbone. That's trash. Um, yeah, it, 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 I won't say it trash. It was trash. It just didn't do anything for me. I thought it was trash. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. This one I I like. It is very middle of the road. Yeah. But that's that's not a bad thing. Yeah, that's the thing. It's middle of the road. It's inoffensive. Um, it is pretty balanced. It's easy drinking, but it does it does offer a unique amount of flavor. Right, and and I think that's the key is that it's an easy drinker. Yeah, because it, it, that's like step one of a good beer. Yeah, you willing to drink it? Yeah, I I don't necessarily think this is the best time to drink it right now. Not necessarily. Like, still be a little cool. Well, no, I think. I think because we're heading towards warmer seasons, this isn't the best one. You think this is more of a fall beer? Yeah, this seems right. much more fall to me. All right. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, but that that's what I'm getting. This is much more fall. If I'm going to have just like kind of a staple beer for the fall, yeah, this is a fall beer. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. I get that. But bottom line, I I have zero problem with this beer. Yeah. 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 I don't. I don't have problem with it let's consider this a good baseline yeah i don't yeah exactly this, this is, is a good, good baseline, baseline for the rest of the episode right. and, and and again i keep saying this that's not an insult to the beer no this is a good baseline yeah so what do you say we take a break yeah we uh, can go to break and we'll come back segment two and we'll actually learn the difference between scottish ale scotch ale and wee heavy good okay because i don't know the difference all right then check this out there's a Seattle company called Tavor that enables discovery of new and exciting beers and breweries. Tavor gets the best independent beer from literally around the world. Denmark, New Zealand, Belgium, and of course everywhere in the US. The app is incredibly simple to use to get some ridiculously good beers delivered right to your door. Oh, welcome back, Hob Nation. We're in the middle of episode 48 of the podcast. We are. Yeah. Yeah. This is the part in the show where I'm going to give you some sort of sports analogy. or an... You can. I don't care. Nah, I'm good. You don't got one? I do, but I don't want to use it. Well, the, you don't want to <laughs> use it. I don't think you get to use it in the next episode. So, 
<laughs> Maybe I want to. All right, then. Maybe I'll save this one up. All right. Save this one up. I don't know how that works, but... Go. I don't either. I'll figure it out. I got a week. <laughs> sure, sure. I'm good. Uh, but we're back, and we're drinking scotch and Scottish ales. And I'm going to let Adam introduce the next one. So, we are going all the way from Pittsburgh to the West Coast. Okay. Kind of. Kind of? Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> going from Pittsburgh to the West Coast, kind of. Well, I mean... Any, that sounds like you stop in Iowa. <laughs> I mean, it's the West Coast of the Ohio River. Okay. Because we're west of it. Yeah. M- moving along. Sure. Moving along. <laughs> 21st Amendment. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have one it's of the... It's a West Coast beer. <laughs> I know it is. I know it is. You've bungled this. <laughs> You've bungled this all. <laughs> nope. I'm staying by it. <laughs> Stick it, to the policy. <laughs> that's right. It's on the West Coast of the Ohio River. Mm-hmm. No bones about it. Okay. So this beer is Tales from the Kettle. Okay. Is the name of the beer. Obviously, it is a Scotch Ale. That, uh, no, that's not obvious. <laughs> it is if you've been listening to the episode. It's obvious within the episode, yeah. <laughs> Context clues. Come on. If somebody told me Tales from the Kettle, I wouldn't immediately assume it was a cocktail. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sorry. That is your shortcoming. Okay. So, this is Tales from the Kettle. Yeah. 21st Amendment Brewery. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is actually uh, very interesting. Uh, this is a product of the 21st Amendment homebrew competition that they annually have. Neat. Yes. Yes. So this is definitely a... Uh, it literally is a homebrew. Yeah, it's a homebrew. It's I mean, literally just a homebrew. This is uh, this is the second kind of beer that we've had this way, too. What was the, Oh, the first one was from uh, Terrapin. Yep, the and, Chubby Bunny. That's right. That was a product of their homebrew competition. It was. So this one is a Scotch Ale with a bit of a twist. Okay. Uh, made with black tea. Neat. If previous episodes are any indication, I think you're going to like this beer. Sure, maybe. <laughs> I got two words for you. Huh. Caution brewing. Well, that doesn't mean anything. That's, That's caution, the ba- caution brewing does that beer really well. True. I have yet to have other beers using tea. <laughs> True. True. Well, let's see if we can keep this streak going. Yeah. So, quick numbers. 9% ABV. 24 IBUs. That's pretty big. One can. Two glasses. Yeah. Two thirsty hosts. 9%. That's pretty big. It is. It is. Since Sam is not here, I get to pour big glasses. Sam gets none. He's probably... He might be bummed out about not getting this one, he too. Might, he might he's, be. he's a big fan of uh, 21st Amendment. He is. Well, I mean, they make some pretty good beers. Yeah, they do. You know, the last segment we were talking summer beers with the uh, Halagahiki. Mm-hmm. They're uh, Hell or High Watermelon. Yeah, that's another that's good summer another beer. That's another fantastic... That's a good golf course beer. Mm-hmm. But let's not talk about that one right now. Let's talk about Tales from the Kettle. Yeah. Uh, this uh, is... It's interesting because it's darker than the Scottish Ale from Rivertown. Yeah, much darker than the Scottish Ale. But when I poured it, it had a much more of a, a ruby color to it. Yeah. It, yeah, I was watching it. It did come out kind of ruby. And if you catch it on the light, it does have that little tinge of red. Right. So if you're one of the Kaiser Chiefs, you might appreciate it a little bit more. Ha 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 ha. Ruby Soho. <laughs> <laughs> head, same exact thing as the first one. Uh, I'd say actually the head's a little darker on this one. Listen, don't call me a liar. I do all the time. You have a problem with colors. <laughs> <laughs> and the word dank. That too. <laughs> Which I'm not allowed to use. Yep, that's already been taken. And 
Not a word that should ever come up in this episode. <laughs> no, not at all. And if it has, somebody screwed up. Yeah. Dang should not describe any of this no, beer. No, no. On the nose, I'm getting actually, I'm getting that tea. I am as well. Yeah. I am as well. It is not nearly as malt forward as the Rivertown. Mm -mm. I, I do, I do smell a little bit of malt, but I'm getting a much more fragrant tea flavor. Yes. Of that. Yes. So I have no idea what kind of black tea it is. I think it just black tea is black tea. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I'm not a tea expert. This isn't a tea show. I just know how to differentiate between chamomile and red tea and green tea and black tea. You've got me beat. I'm just saying, I can differentiate between those, but... I can I, get you Lipton. There you go. That's about it. Lipton. <laughs> I can get you Lipton and Brisk, which isn't even tea. That's right. <laughs> and there was a claymation Sylvester Stallone that hocked it for a while. Let's drink this damn beer. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. Wow. Oh, okay. That's very interesting to me, and I'll tell you why. Okay. Otherwise, it would be a pretty boring podcast. Right. <laughs> this is not interesting. Let's move on. <laughs> no, what's very interesting is in terms of mouthfeel, it is a very full beer, mm -hmm. but on the back end, it has a very tea-centric taste. God, I sound like such a dick. <laughs> you sound like a dick. <laughs> Pretentious asshole, I think, is a much more appropriate way of saying that. Is that just because you're talking about tea? Yeah. And, like, you just don't like talking about tea? I don't think, like talking about tea. <laughs> if it's not Snyder's, I don't want to care. <laughs> <laughs> Does this come in powder form? <laughs> I know about Country Time, and I know about Lipton, and I don't. <laughs> and when you can combine them, you have yourself an Arnold Palmer. My, my sensibilities are not... <laughs> They're not geared for this kind of talk. No, it is not part of my extreme Mountain Dew lifestyle. I think that my lifestyle is completely different from just only drinking Lipton tea. With giant slashy X's everywhere. Yeah. Uh, yeah, those are... Completely different. Those are different lifestyles. Yeah. yeah. Your lifestyle is definitely one of somebody who grew up outside, you know, 20 miles from a Walmart. And it's true. <laughs> it's damn true. Generally, I think the phrase is food desert. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or another word is bumpkin. Yeah, bumpkin. Yeah. 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 Back to this beer, though. Oh, you're totally right, though. It doesn't, it has a very full mouthfeel to it. There's not a whole lot of um, maltiness that I'm getting, um, like we did with the, the Maxwell's. Like, there is definitely a very kind of differentiating uh, malt mm -hmm. through that uh, flavor profile. This one is more, oh, here's some malt, and then here's some tea flavor. Right. Yeah. Right. It's it almost like there's a quick transition between the two. Mm -hmm. Like it starts out multi and then it quickly kicks over to tea, which if you're a tea drinker, I think you would really enjoy. And I am. <laughs> and I am not. You're not? I don't enjoy tea that much. Oh. Oh, I thought you were. But I mean, are you enjoying this beer? Oh, yeah. It's better than a punch in the face. Okay. See, that's why I thought you meant. I thought you oh, said. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> yeah, I, I like it. I don't think it's, um, again, because it's supposed to be a scotch ale first and then it's also made with black tea this right. isn't this isn't like the caution brewing earl gray which right. was just supposed to be a tea all the way through right and like the scotch ale is like the base kind of thing or right. the, the foundation right yeah i think they they try to complement each other yeah and I, and I think they do right i agree i agree yeah this is a really interesting beer especially because it's also nine percent i'm not really tasting that no and that might be dangerous yeah i think this could be a dangerous beer again because it's dark and heavy it's not something that i would drink in summertime or anything no. like that 
No. So I'm trying to th- I'm trying to think of when I would drink this. When when would this one get a chance to sneak up on me? <laughs> I, I guess I guess it would be in the winter time in the evening. Like if because I don't know about about you, but I know people that will have a cup of tea in the evening mm-hmm. to kind of wind down. Yeah. So maybe in a winter evening. Yeah. You could have your your evening tea. Yeah, I guess this could be definitely a wind down beer. It would it would be good to pair with something, but I'm not quite sure what. I don't know, but I agree that this would not be a, a hype up beer whatsoever. Yeah. Being that being that I'm enjoying this beer, I think I'm going to spend my time just thinking about the uses of the beer. Okay, all right. So <laughs> I, I, overall, I've decided I like it. I just, <laughs> just how are you going to use? Yeah, it? it's like how would I use this in future? <laughs> right, it's like an El Camino. Yeah, you like it. But how are you going to use it every day? Yeah, how, how, how does this play into my drinking habits now? <laughs> <laughs> so while you mull that over, I'm ready for some learning. You ready to get learnt? Mm-hmm. With a T. Uh, <laughs> see? See? T? T? Get it? There. Ah, oh, damn it! <laughs> I get you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I can actually give you a little bit of history, a little bit of information, a little bit of, you know, what's the dealio with scotch ales okay so uh we already mentioned at the top of the first segment that scotch ales and scottish ales they're similar in that they share the kind of porter and stout split Mm -hmm. Uh, they're both very similar styles they're very similar to each other okay use a lot of the same ingredients Uh, the biggest difference though is you're looking at scottish Mm -hmm. ales they are the weaker ones Huh. Yeah. All right. So spoken like a true Englishman. <laughs> Scottish ales are usually typically five percent and under. Okay. You know, uh, but they're always going to be malt forward, low on the hop. Uh, Scotch ales are going to be six percent and above. Okay. Usually up to about ten percent. Which this is yeah in the upper part of that range exactly. <laughs> Uh, and then you're gonna you're gonna hear the term "wee heavy" used and thrown around. Yes, possibly later in the show. Possibly later in the show. Yeah. Hint, hint. Uh, but that's nothing more than just a nickname for Scotch ales. Oh, okay. There, there's no real style differential for that. All right. Maybe, like being that Scotch ales cover six to ten. Mm-hmm. Maybe "wee heavy" is gonna be something to design, designate eight and over. Gotcha. I got. It. Okay. But that's that's not a firm thing. You can call anything a wee heavy. I I believe I've had wee heavies that are like six five. Scotch ales are typically uh, known for having a long boil time. Okay, and, and usually boil times are sixty minutes or something. Right, right. So you're going to be looking at a little bit longer, and that boil time is going to caramelize the wort. Okay. And again, if you're using a whole lot of malt, <laughs> right? Yeah, you're gonna need that. <laughs> right, right. So you're using a whole lot of malt, and you're caramelizing it. That's why you're gonna get a lot of these really dark colors. You're gonna get a lot of this caramel flavor that we've already noticed in the last beer. Right. Uh, it's gonna be very malty because of that. And like I said, and I assume in a recipe it's not very uh, hop forward. Right. It's pretty low yeah. on the on the additions. Right. We've said that already. And there's been claim that that's because hops are fi- hard to find in Scotland, but that's historically that's not the case. Okay. It's been said, but... Mm. Oh, you can say anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, people were just trying to explain why they were that way, but that's, that's yeah. just not true. I saw a movie about that once. Yeah. Uh, Scotch ales are actually very similar to English ales 
um, just in uh, profile of you know multi-use and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Scottish found a way to differentiate their ales okay. from the English, and uh, one of the ways was they they usually use less sugar just by themselves. Okay. So again, it's all going to come from a lot of that malt. Right. Right. You know, English ales they'll throw in extra sugars, extra fruits, things mm-hmm. like that. Uh, and then the other way that uh, the Scotch, Scotch and Scottish ales differentiate is that they have a low pitch and fermentation temperature. So, okay, low pitch, low fermentation. So you're going to be like getting into the lager arena, right? Okay, they're, they're like they're pushing close to lager because it's usually pitched under sixty degrees. Okay, but that's still, you know, more than what a lager would be thrown at. Right, yeah, because your lagers, you're going to be down in the 40s. Right. For for at least fermentation purposes. Right. But that's still lower than typically, like, even uh, us at home brewers, we just throw at room temperature. Right. Which is... 70. Yeah, 70, 72. Yeah. But they specifically throw under 60. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, they let the yeast, yeast eat around like that. <laughs> All right. Uh, another characteristic that is not... Historically accurate, I would say. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it's something that's been adapted to differentiate Scotch ales is uh, sometimes uh, Americans especially will add a smoky flavor to it. I mean, that kind of makes sense. With a big malty beer like that, malt and smoke kind of goes hand in hand. They do. Well, that's the thing. They, they It makes sense that they would add it into the profile because it does go hand in hand, but... The reason they did it is they wanted to mimic, in a way, the the peat fire. Ah, yeah. Okay. All right. So, uh, just real quick, you know, peat is a type of moss, and it grows pretty prevalent in Scotland. Right. And it's used for a lot. It was used for a lot of domestic heating mm. and things like that, rather than burning logs. And uh, it it affects the taste of your whiskeys. Right. Yeah, that's the other. That's another reason that goes into that. Right. Uh, but I. I guess the thinking would be, if you're running a brew fire, you'd be using peat. Yeah, that makes sense. And peat, because it is usually a wet biomass, mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it'll burn. It'll still burn, but it, you know, any anybody's who's burned anything wet, they know it's super smoky. Right. So I guess the th- thought I, behind that is the peat smoke would go into the brew no matter what. Right. It would give it its own, its own unique twist. Right. Right. Which uh, yeah, I get that. Yeah, th- so, but that's not. It's not true. That's kind of just a racist thing Americans did. <laughs> okay. All right. Add it to the list. Yeah. I don't think that one's going to be high on the list. No. But it's going to be on the list nonetheless. Yeah. I think, I think, uh, I mean, I think, uh, I think some Europeans add the smoke too as well. It's, it's just, not a bad thing. It's just not true to form. Yeah. It's just not true. <laughs> it's, it, it's kind of like well, with this one, Scotch ales don't have tea in it. Right. But this one does. And. It works. Right. Well, I mean, this one, having the tea isn't trying to be any sort of cultural significance or anything. Oh, they're trying to attach that as a cultural significance, the adding the smoke. Well, yeah, because uh, like I just said, the peat fires are common in Scotland. No, no, I get that. I get yeah. that. I thought they were just kind of, it was almost like an homage sort of thing, not trying to replicate what they thought was happening. Yeah, it's kind of an homage. It's just a way to differentiate. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. it's not like... That may have happened with the peat fires, but mm. it's not. It wasn't a feature or a, a requirement right. to make a Scotch ale right, or a Scotch right, ale. Right, right, right. That was okay. never. That was never a feature in the old recipe. Gotcha. That, okay. All just right. a thing that happened. You don't have to do that to have something considered a 
a Scottish or Scotch ale similar to your bourbons of Kentucky. Has exactly. To be. Right. There yeah. you go. Yeah, where bourbons have to have certain requirements. Mm. Exactly. I'm digging it. I'm digging it. So Americans are just assholes. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. wrong. <laughs> Not wrong on that one. <laughs> Scotland has its own kind of uh, history mm-hmm. with beer. Uh, we've mentioned this before about how, like, you find clay pots with ale residue right. that date back thousands of years. You know, they found some in Scotland that date back four to 6,000 years. So they've been brewing for a while. Yep. Uh, you know, 14th century comes around, they have their public ale houses. Mm-hmm. And by the 1800s, they're exporting their own beer. So they, they hold their own in the beer world mm-hmm. and in beer history. Right. And uh, as we already talked about, they have their ways of uh, differentiating themselves from the Irish and the English. Mm-hmm. You know, the. Like I said, the English, they have their higher fermentation temperatures. They also add fruit to their beer. They have a lot of fruity uh, smells to their beer. <laughs> right. You know? <laughs> right. Uh, and then the Irish, you know, mostly the stouts we're going to be looking at. But, right. like, the Irish beers are more typically dry. Right. Whereas the Scotch ales, because they're just so malt forward and everything, they just let everything ride. Yeah. And they're just very full mouthfeel and you know, yeah. enjoyable that way. Yeah. They, they they fill their own niches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we talked before about how uh, Belgian beers kind of identify their beers with the X's. You remember that? No. You don't remember that? No. <laughs> okay, I'll give you a quick refresher. So okay. a lot of Belgian beers, they would put like an X on the barrel. Okay. And there would be 1X, 2X, 3X, 4X. Yeah. And that's how we came up with the single, double, triple, and quad. Ah, that's right. That's right. I do remember that now. And those were, that's how they identified them by their malt profile, like how much malt was in there Ah. and and more typically how much alcohol. Yes. You know? Yes. Uh, So the Scotch Ales have had a similar uh, identification process. Okay. What did they use? Basically, they were just identified by shilling. <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah. So uh, they, were, they were called 60, 70, 80 shilling beers. Okay. And that was identifying the cost of the barrel. Aha. All right. Uh, and then they had, so that was 60, 70, 80. That was more typical of the Scottish ales, the weaker mm-hmm. ales, obviously. Because right. it's going to be cheaper to produce. <laughs> uh, and then more commonly for like a wee heavy, they were called 160 Shilling. Okay. Yeah, they were called 160 shilling beers. I have seen that once or twice. Mm-hmm. I had no idea what it meant. Yeah, well, there you go. The, the 160 shilling is a reference to the cost of a cask of a wee heavy. Aha, okay. Yeah. All right. And just for a little more information on to why they're called wee heavies and mm-hmm. why it's just a nickname, <laughs> one, of the, one of the more famous uh, 160 shilling beers was a beer called Fowler's Wee Heavy. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, it just... It kind of became the Kleenex of... (laughs) There you go. All right. All right. It's the Kleenex Xerox. (laughs) (laughs) Eventually, everything that had, like, a whole lot of ABV in it just became a wee heavy. I like that. I like that. That might be one of the first instances of that happening. It might be, actually, yeah. (laughs) Just people being brand loyal. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I won't have my beer any other way. (laughs) Did you know Band-Aids are not really... (laughs) They're, and Q-tips, too. They're supposed to be called adhesive bandages. <laughs> Mind blown. So that is actually a lot of good information that I did not know, especially on that shilling stuff, because I've seen that a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And it's like, ah, 
don't know what this means. It's just marketing stuff. Right. And, like, it, it doesn't make any sense anymore because the shilling is not a right. <laughs> it's not a, a form of currency anymore. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, and if you call it 120 euro, yeah, no one's going to. Yeah, nobody cares. Yeah, nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> well, plus, I mean, there's an exchange right now. And right. How, yeah. Who cares about that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And now we got bitcoins and oh, litecoins. Oh and my God! You just really put it out there, didn't you? It, that that's an idea now. Bitcoin Did, beer? Yeah. All right. D- identify beers by, via, via, via Bitcoin. their <laughs> by their Bitcoin currency <laughs> value. They show it as bleeding edge. <laughs> I think. Uh, I think. What's the other one? Ethereum coin? Ethereum coin? I don't know. I've seen garlic coin. I've seen doji coin. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, no, granted, I'm pretty sure those are all just stupid. Yeah. Well, you know. I mean, well, they're not stupid. I mean, they're all they're all cryptocurrency. Right. It's just whoever invented them is some meme lord. Yeah, a jagoff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just a meme lord in a basement like, <laughs> oh, I'm going to run my computer. <laughs> I'm going to make garlic coins. Yeah. I'm going to be a millionaire. <laughs> All right, buddy. Let want, me know how that goes. I want beer coin now. <laughs> I think we got a bit off track. Yeah, we got a bit off track, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah. So let's uh, jump back on track. Jump back to the 21st Amendment. Tales from the Kettle. Mm-hmm. 9%. Yeah. 24 IBU. Mm-hmm. Made with black tea. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure you liked it. Oh, no, I totally liked it. I just had, I had to take the time to figure out how I would use this beer. Did you figure it out? I figured it out one way. Okay. This is definitely a prime rib dinner. Oh, okay. Yeah. All this right. Is, this is a prime rib dinner beer. Okay. You got your prime rib and like specifically garlic mashed potatoes. Yeah. Now, usually a lot of people will use um, horseradish on their prime rib. Mm-hmm. I may forego that if I'm drinking this beer just because I don't want the horseradish to overtake the beer. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, honestly, I think that would be too much zing. Yeah, that's yeah. too much zing for just the other things right. involved. But because with with this beer, uh, it, it, with that tea finish, yeah. it, it's not a zing. No, but it's something different. No, it's very it's very smooth. Mm. It's a very smooth finish. Smooth. And yeah, pairing well with just like a very velvety piece of meat. A velvety piece of meat. Uh, if you get prime rib prepared properly, yeah, that's a damn work. <laughs> that's a damn mouthful. It, that's going to be a velvety melt in your mouth, mm. and that's kind of the way this beer kind of goes too. All right, I can I can get behind it, that. It, it has that kind of strong hop forwardness, or not hop, but strong malt forwardness to mm-hmm. it, and then it melts away to just kind of that nice smooth tea. Smooth tea. Yeah. So I feel like some prime rib, garlic mashed potatoes, and uh, I guess broccoli. A little bit of cheddar cheese on top. Nah. No, just nah. straight steam. Buttered, 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 Ooh. buttered. Okay, yeah. all right, all right. I can get behind that. Yeah. So, I, for me, I think this is a well-executed beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, my problem is I don't like tea. Mm. So okay, it's a well-executed beer, but it just doesn't suit my taste. Yeah. Okay. What am I? Yeah. <laughs> what are you gonna do about it? Yeah. There's nothing I can do about it. But no, I think it is a well-executed beer, and for those that like tea, I think you will get that flavor 100%, and I think you would enjoy it. Yeah, no, you can't you can't miss the flavor. Um, I wouldn't put it I wouldn't put it over my caution. <laughs> yeah, I, and I wasn't suggesting that. No, no, I'm just saying from my you know from my standpoint, I wouldn't put it over my caution. Brewing love, I but I do really like this tea uh, T 
tea beer. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah, there you go. Uh, I would uh, I would drink it more mm-hmm. if I could. I don't I don't think it's in season currently. I don't know if they're going to produce it again because we like we said it was uh, <laughs> part of the homebrew series. Right. Um, so this I, may have been the last can ever. Sure. <laughs> I am willing to throw that out you, there. That you know possibility. What? You, you can throw that possibility out there, but that's totally wrong, and I'll give you a story why. Okay. Uh, if you go on the Hop Nation USA website, All right. I just put up a review of a uh, Thai-flavored beer Okay. Uh, from Renegade Brewing. Uh, but in that review, I, I mentioned how Blue Moon put out a Tongue Tide. Uh, and that was supposed to be a Thai, their version of a Thai flavored beer. Okay. They put that out in 2013. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, you know, as I was writing the article, I just wanted to check to see there are still people checking this beer in. Oof. And it was discontinued. Oof. <laughs> so people are still drinking this beer, and and it gets a lot of bad reviews because it's not a beer that should be aged that long. No. <laughs> no. Number one, I didn't know Blue Moon did that. Yeah. Yeah, Blue Moon had a, it was called a graffiti series. Okay. So they put out like four beers and 22-ounce bombers, and they were far off the beaten path. Yeah. yeah. yeah admittedly, uh, in the bomber section, I don't look for anything Blue Moon. Well, you're not going to find them anymore. They don't do that series. I mean, in general. Yeah, just in saying. general, yeah. But I'm saying, you have to go all the way back to 2013. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's the last time they put out bombers, I believe, so... Back when Trump was just a TV show host. <laughs> what a time to be alive. What do you say? We take a break? Yeah. Come back. We got us a big beer coming up. Cool. I'm a bit I'm a bit about that. As am I. I'm looking forward to this beer. So, right. uh, Hop Nation, we'll be right back. Hey everyone, my name is Drew and I host a podcast called Dudes with Brews on a Porch where we let the drinks flow and the conversations go. Each and every week, me and a friend of mine, we sit down, we try a different craft brew, usually from the state of Wisconsin, and we just sit down and have a conversation. We talk about all aspects of life. Once a month, we talk about paranormal stuff and we always have a good time. You can find our show, Dudes with Brews on a Porch, on iTunes, Google Play, and anywhere else you find your podcast. Grab a cold one and hang out with us each and every week right here on the porch. Welcome back, Hop Nation. You're at the end of the episode of sorts. <laughs> Kinda. 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 You, you have a whole another segment to go, full of fun and merriment and mirth. No, they don't have one to go. They get another one. And you get another one. That's right. Yes. Uh, we're back, and we're drinking Scotch ales and Scottish ales and wee heavies. And we haven't had one of those yet, have we? No, we're on to an official wee heavy, because that's what it says on the label. So that's what we're going with. <laughs> And our third beer of the night is from the Heavy Seas and Mad Tree Brewing. This is part of Heavy Seas Partnership. Partnership. I get it. Partnerships. Ah. It's a partnership series. Um, they did a collaboration series, and they produce a lot of different kinds of beers between breweries and themselves. And this one that we have in particular is the Wee Heavy, an ale brewed with cocoa and coffee. And I believe this is collaboration number seven that they've produced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is collaboration number seven, and it's coming in at 8.25. That's rather specific. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know many beers that go down to the hundreds. Yeah, but there you go. 8.25. Good on them. And, uh, you know, hops negligible. Yeah. Well, IBUs negligible. Well, yeah, so, I guess we're kind of both idiots on that one. Yeah, yeah. IBUs are negligible. Yeah. Uh, 
hops are, you know, there, but uh, not adding bitterness to it. Right. The beer itself is brewed with uh, Burundi coffee that you'll find in the uh, Deeper Roots Cincinnati Coffee House. Which makes sense because Mad Tree Brewing is out of Cincinnati, right. Ohio. Yeah, Mad Tree is out of Cincinnati and uh, Heavy Seas is out of the Baltimore area. So this is definitely an AFC North beer. Yes, it is. <laughs> and you'll also find uh, chocolate from the Maverick Chocolate Company. Uh, that's where the cocoa nibs are coming from. Is that a Cincinnati-based company? Yeah, that's, or is that... That, yeah, that's okay. yeah, right. yeah, also Cincinnati-based. Very cool. And then from Baltimore, there is uh, Ethiopian coffee beans from the Chesapeake Bay Roasting Company. Right on. Yeah. I am so, I'm very intrigued by this beer. This is a, a good twist. I'm, I'm intrigued by it because it seems to be taking... A very stout <laughs> yeah. uh, flavor profile. Yeah. It, it seems like they're just kind of taking that profile and just, let's see what happens over here on this style. Well, like I mean, putting an IPA on nitro. Yeah, like putting an IPA on nitro or similar to how Spoonwood does their cold drip city, which is a blonde coffee. Mm-hmm. You know, they're taking coffee from the stouts and right. putting it into a blonde. Right. So now Heavy Season, Mad Tree, they've taken coffee and cocoa. And taking it out of the stouts realm and put it into a wee heavy. Right. So we'll see how that how this goes. So right off the bat, first thing I'm noticing is this looks almost nothing like a Scottish ale. This, this is, is black. Yeah, this is even darker <laughs> than the Tales from the Kettle. Right. <laughs> which was pretty dark. This and this is, is just straight black. Yeah, this looks like a stout. Yeah, no Kaiser Chiefs in this one. No. Uh, the head is uh, actually not too much darker than what the Tales from the Kettle no. was. and it's hanging around just a skosh longer yeah. than the other two. On the nose. Oh, yeah. That's a lot of coffee, my dude. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty much dominated by coffee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I honestly expected that. I didn't know if I did or not, but yeah. <laughs> well, the reason I say that is I don't think Heavy Seas goes gently into that good night when it comes to their beers. True, true, true. It, 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 especially uh, the one that jumps out to me is their Tropicana. Yeah. Their fruity IPA. Because that is an IPA that I can deal with. Yeah. Because it's, it's a lot more fruity than IPA. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so that says a lot right there. Yeah, I was, I was curious about whether or not this was going to smell more like a Scotch Ale or more like a... A coffee stout. Yeah, yeah, coffee. It smells a lot more like a coffee stout. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's see if it tastes let's, like a coffee stout. Let's taste it and see how that goes. Hmm. Hmm. I like it. Okay. And I'm trying to figure out why I like it. <laughs> well, what I mean by that is, I, I, in general, I like the taste, but there are certain aspects that are different than than what I was expecting. And the biggest thing that's jumping out at me is the chocolate taste. Okay. It, to me, is a lot bigger than the coffee taste. Um, I'm... I'm- Gonna partially agree with you on that. And well, I'm not done yet. Okay, I'm not uh, done yeah, yet. I'll, I'll keep going. I'm just yeah. saying I'm partially agreeing with what you just said. And, and on the chocolate side, it's not just a regular chocolate. It is much more of a dark chocolate. Mm-hmm. It, it it's loaded with cacao. Right. Well, I mean, it is cacao nib. So right, right. But it, usually with a chocolate stout, it can be you know a bit of a, a creamy mess. Right. But this one is it, it's kind of a dry, dark chocolate taste. With yeah. a lot of malts in addition to it. Yeah. So the thing, things that immediately jump out about this beer, mm-hmm. uh, you can definitely tell it's still not a stout. Right. Even though it's very dark, uh, 
it has that particular mouthfeel mm-hmm. that a stout does not have. It's not thick and creamy like a stout. Uh, although it doesn't even kind of cross into that realm of a porter. It, it has that particular just kind of I know, know what you robustness. mean. Robustness. It, yeah. It's wet and robust, but it's not. Uh, it, it's still definitely a Scotch ale. Right. The coffee flavor is a little bit muted. It is. It's. Uh, I find it primarily all kind of in the back end, and it's interesting because as I drink it, it seems to double up. So. What so, do you mean by that? So on first sip, I didn't really get a whole lot of coffee flavor, mm-hmm. but then on second sip, I got more coffee flavor. It's okay. a, like it seems to build the more I drink it. I gotcha. But it's still generally muted next to just kind of the general malty chocolate mm-hmm. that you were talking about. It it almost seemed like the coffee was added more for the the smell mm-hmm. rather than the taste. Yeah, way more just coffee nose than there is actual right. coffee flavor, which is fine. To go along with what you said about the uh, the it being like a dark chocolate mm-hmm. in a way, I think the dark I think the chocolate. Uh, kind of goes well and plays well with the malt. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it does. Yeah. So I'll I'll say this up front. <laughs> I, Go ahead. Uh, I've been drinking some Mad Tree. Okay. Off the show. <laughs> and it almost sounds like you're confessing your sins. Well, I'm not confessing my sins, but maybe their sins. <laughs> I've been drinking some Mad Tree off the show, and I, you know, in previous episodes, you may have heard me talk about Platform, yeah, or Rheingeist, yeah. or other Ohio breweries. Right. <laughs> I don't talk much about Mad Tree, do I? <laughs> you do not. Um, there must be a particular reason why. I have yet to be impressed by anything I've had solely from their brewery. Gotcha. Gotcha. But I do like this so far. I, I'm digging on this one as well. Yeah. But uh, I also like Heavy Seas a lot. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So who who is collaborating with who? Right. Who yeah. Who was the uh, who was the mastermind behind this right. really? And I do like this. I'm gonna continue to drink this. Mm-hmm. I like it. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna save save my thoughts for the end of the segment. Okay, because I, I could go on for a while on this on I, this beer because there's a lot going on here. Yeah, there's a lot going on. I strangely want to try to actually treat it like a stout and let it warm up as well. I was kind of having that thought as well. Yeah. So it, it, there's a lot going on with this beer. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, I don't think any of it is necessarily bad. No, it's just a lot to decipher. Yeah, I'd also like to like I'd like to pinpoint it down. Yeah. At, like, does this change as it yeah. gets warmer? Does, you know... Who is your daddy? What does he do? Does it does it really need to breathe as it does? Or, mm-hmm. you know, I, yeah. Are we going to ruin it by letting it sit and warm up? I have no idea. I don't know. Mysteries to <laughs> be solved at doing? the end of the segment. <laughs> Hopefully. So, we've been talking Scottish beers, your Scotch ales, your wee heavies. Yes. And in honor of this beer, as a matter of fact. Okay. Uh, since this is a collaboration. Yeah. It is time to collaborate our Scottish Highland Games. With other important sports of the world. Oh. Oh, yes. Is this how you're uh, mashing into the Olympics as well? <laughs> sure. <laughs> it is now. Do, do you want to maybe protest some of these be- or some of these sports in favor of being added to the summer games? Maybe. Okay. Maybe. <laughs> All right. Maybe. So uh, what we're going to do is we're going to take a, a game that is usually played at a Scottish Highland game. Yeah. Uh, the, the Highland games are usually the traditional games of the Scottish people. Yeah. And it's been totally Americanized and bastardized. Yes. And on ESPN2, I've seen it. On the deuce. <laughs> I've seen it. <laughs> so we're going to take some of those. We're going to collaborate with another sport okay. of the world, and we're going to come up with something new. 
Hmm. All right. I don't have a name for this. You don't have <laughs> I don't think this is going to be a repeated <laughs> segment. Uh, Probably not. Uh, yeah, I, I'm pretty okay with just this being a... <laughs> A one-off uh, segment, but you know we can have some fun with it. I mean, we can uh, we can wait until two and a half years when the Summer Olympics come around. Okay, we can wait two and a half years when Summer Olympics come around, or we can wait till a year later and we do another Scotch episode. <laughs> That's fine too. That's fine too. Maybe Sam will be around. Yeah, he'll he'll have input. Yeah, for... he better. He better. So uh, the first game that we're starting off with, mm-hmm. it's a very easy one. It's a very famous game at yeah. the Highland Games. Yeah, the caber toss. Yeah, boy. Everybody knows what the caber toss is. Hell yes. And I think you would be good at it. I'm not sure if I would be. I actually have pretty poor balance. Oh. Yeah. Okay, never mind. And the caber toss requires that. So for, I mean, we're making pretty big assumptions that people know what the caber toss is. Right. I'm, just to explain it real quick, the caber toss is basically giant dudes in kilts throwing telephone poles end over end. Correct. (laughs) Correct. Yeah. The caber toss is... That's I, I think I feel like that's one of those things I've definitely seen it on ESPN too. Oh, it's a thing. Oh yeah. yeah. And I'm trying to think, is that something that got adopted by the the world's strongest men competition? There's a lot of Highland games that have been stolen. Yeah. Because I, I did a little research okay. and there's a lot of games. Yeah. That but, have been stolen. Okay. What was that one specifically adopted by the World's Strongest Man competition, or was that adopted by Lumberjack Games? I think it's more of a lumberjack game. I definitely, yeah. Yeah. Maybe, I mean, maybe it was both. Right. For some reason, I feel like I remember Magnus Ver Magnuson. That's, a, that's an awesome name. Yeah. But he's, I, I think he's he's either Finnish or Icelandic. Most of those strong, strong men are Icelanders. Some sort of Scandinavian, northern, Atlantic. Or Viking. Viking. Yeah. Just say Viking. Just Viking. <laughs> the majority of strongman <laughs> competitors are Vikings. Right. With the exception of Braun Strowman. Right. And that one guy from Atlanta that shows up. And that one guy, yeah. Yeah. Because there's always that one guy from Atlanta. Yeah, there's always one guy. So, the caber toss. I'm going to throw out a, a second sport. Go ahead, you throw one out. I, I actually have an idea. So do I. Okay. Bobsledding. Bobsledding. Yes. Okay, how how go ahead and explain how that would so work. So here's what they're gonna do. They're gonna start in the bobsled mm-hmm. with the caber. You know how Jesus. <laughs> Listen, I didn't say it was gonna be safe. So here's what they're gonna do. It's gonna be a four-man team. You can't do this with two. That's just irresponsible. Okay. So you have the driver, you have the two pushers, and then you got the fourth guy, the brakeman. Okay, yeah. The brakeman is also the, the caber guy. Okay. He's the one that is in control of the caber for tossing. I feel like he gave him too much responsibility. <laughs> Listen, he chose this. Okay. So here's what we're going to do. The entire goal is to be able to do a bobsled run. Uh, but in addition to that, you have to be able to throw the caber in such a manner that you don't completely wreck the bobsled. This is way dangerous. I like it. <laughs> it's super dangerous. <laughs> so, and, and to spice it up, there are bonus points. Because you know how on bobsled tracks they always have the big 90-degree turns? Mm-hmm. You put a target there. Mm. So that you, the, the brakeman slash caber man, I'm going to call him a caber man. Yeah. He has a target he has to throw to. Hmm. See, I feel like I, I feel like the brakeman shouldn't be in charge of this. You want to have one of the guys in the middle? I was going to say either a guy in the middle or a guy in the back. Well, the, the guy in the back is the brakeman. Oh, I thought the guy in the front was the brakeman. No, that's the driver. Oh, okay. Yeah, he steers. 
Okay. Uh, either way, I, I don't think either of them should be. <laughs> so it should be the guys in the middle then. Okay. So like... Number, Maybe we have two cabers. Well, no, no, not two cabers. I was going to say number three should be holding the caber. Ah, And number okay. two should be balancing it. I like it. Okay. Yeah. And All then right. three can toss. Holy shit, this is going to be awesome. That is super dangerous and super stupid. <laughs> Let's make this happen. <laughs> so my, uh, <laughs> my thought for this, it, it's not an Olympic game per se. Okay. But there is a, a festival or a sport in Japan I've seen. I think I know exactly where you're going with this. Yeah, and it's a it's a log riding competition. <laughs> okay, that's not where I thought you were going with this. Okay, oh oh, I think you know which the other one. Yeah, I think yeah, I know it the other one. Protect the pole, here. basically. Yeah, that yeah. one, that one. Yeah, no, I wasn't thinking of that one. No, there's another one. It's actually some sort of festival where they cut down a giant big ass tree. Okay, and like I mean enormous, like redwood size. <laughs> okay, <laughs> tree, and then they put it up on a hill. And then they try to ride it down the hill. Holy shit. It is super dangerous. <laughs> like, people get run over by it and everything. Oh, man. So the way I want to incorporate this into the caber toss is, uh, obviously, we're going to need some Magnus Ver Magnuson oh, yes. type guys. But I want to get, like, four of them to pick up this giant tree and flip it end over end. And then the, then you have your teammates jump on top of the tree and oh, try to ride it down. Oh, there are going to be so many feet lost. Right? <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure there's feet lost already in the day, it, it just as it is. Like, it's, it's a crazy dangerous game. People getting run over by a 200-pound tree. I really like this. If not more. I like, really like this. Yeah. So I, I think you get you get a bunch of you know, strong men to flip the tree, and then everybody who jumps on the tree and tries to ride it down. Yeah. 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 Super dangerous. Yeah. How about how about we add in a third sport? No. Okay. All right. <laughs> no. <laughs> it involves cheese. Oh, the cheese. The cheese wheel down the yeah. hill. Yeah. Let's I, throw that in for good measure. Was that it? That's in Gloucester, England. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So okay. Right, how about this? Starts with the it starts with the toss, mm -hmm. and you throw the tree up in the air. <laughs> Super dangerous. Super dangerous. It, it, it comes down end over end and lands on the hill. Yeah. And then it, the, the tree starts going down the hill. Mm -hmm. And then that's when you got to jump on the tree. Yeah. Now, if you stay on the tree, you know, you get points. Yeah. But back at the top of the hill, the strongmen have now picked up their wheels of cheese. Oh. And rolled them after the tree. I like this. And if you can pick up a wheel of cheese, you get bonus <laughs> points. You got to pick up a wheel of cheese while you're on the tree and then ride it all the way to the end. We're going to be millionaires after we start this league. No, we're going to be sued. <laughs> I mean, you know, a little column A, a little column B. Yeah. I like it. Another absolute classic. And I know for a fact that this one has been stolen by the Strongman competition. Yeah. Weight over the bar. Oh, okay. Keg throwing. Keg throwing. That's yeah. all it is. <laughs> keg throwing. It, it's keg throwing. <laughs> right. I have an idea for a sport. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go first. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> These are all being presented to me on the I know, fly. So. I know. Don't worry. I, I, I got a couple in the in the chamber, so we're okay. Okay. What do we have to combine this with? NASCAR. Okay. Here's how we're going to do it. Please explain. <laughs> and this is, a, in, since NASCAR is back in season, they just had the Daytona 500. I know you don't care. Nope. I do. I enjoyed it. It okay. was fun. Glad you had a good time. I did. I <laughs> how did. are you going to incorporate keg throwing into this? <laughs> here's how we're going to do it. Instead of kegs, it's going to be tires. So here's what they're going to do. Every time they, they stop for a pit stop, mm -hmm. instead of, you know how they usually just take the tires out there and do the tire change and go right. back? They have to be able to throw at least two tires over a pole that is 10 feet in the air. 
Okay. Then they can start doing the tire changes. Like they have to throw it over the pole, which is on the wall. Well, I, I mean, what if it's just a fence? That works too. Like the tires are kept on a fence on the other side of the pit stop. Yeah. You gotta throw it over the yeah. fence before you can change them. <laughs> they gotta earn it. And those things are like 50, 60 pounds. Yeah, they're huge. And plus, pit stops are pretty famously known for their efficiency. Yeah. And like if you can get a pit stop crew to do, you know, a change in two seconds, right. you're golden. This is gonna add a lot a of time. Lot. It's gonna make things real interesting. Especially for the dude who doesn't clear the pole. <laughs> right. Oh, he's gonna be out of a job on Monday. So, okay, so you're. The, the pit crew, are you talking increasing it to, like, one more person to throw the tires or, like, two people to throw the tires? No, those, those guys are already part of the crew. They got to throw, go around the fence, and then finish the job. So then you got to hire, like, some huge beef. So, <laughs> as a matter of fact, what a lot of NASCAR teams do is they'll actually hire old college football players. Mm -hmm. And like old, you know, linebackers and stuff like that that just didn't quite have what it took in the NFL. Okay. They'll, they'll hire them as pit crew. Okay. Because it, it, tires and jacks I, and, and gas cans is nothing to them. You know, as big as those guys are, I still don't think they're big enough to throw a tire over a 10-foot wall. True, but I'd like to see them try. <laughs> I'd like to see it try. <laughs> you, know, I'm, you know, I'm down with that because, like you already said, I don't give a shit about NASCAR. <laughs> Uh, I, I just I can't watch that. But if you add an element to where <laughs> you can just cut to a camera of some dude throwing a tire, <laughs> it just he misses and just starts cussing out. Right. Yeah. I. You know what? I can actually be. Yeah. Yeah. I can be down with that. I could adding that element actually gets me into it. <laughs> See. See, we're building the audience for NASCAR. Right. They because be paying us. Yeah. Because then I can like pick teams and I can start laughing at the guys who can't make it right or mother effing the ones who right <laughs> and all and all the low budget teams that just has some high school kid right just struggling to try to get a tire over the bar yeah oh, it would be a delight eventually at some point those guys would just get worn out and they wouldn't be able to throw tires right i think that's i think that's pretty good for narrowing the field of who wins yeah beyond beyond rex i mean rex are well awesome. that's a, a, an equalizer <laughs> for everybody yeah yeah but that brings the pit crew a lot more into the picture. Yeah. Maybe, like, because maybe it would be worth hiring somebody like, you know, like Braun Strowman yeah. <laughs> to toss right. tires. He may not be quick on the change, <laughs> but he'll quick, he's quick you on can, getting the tire over yeah. and he'll do it consistently. You can train him he'll to change the tire quick. Yeah. Well, he, I mean, even if you can't train, change him to t change the tire quick, he can get the tires over consistently. Yeah. So yeah. you know you'll finish the race even if it's slow. Yep. So yeah. Yeah. You, to finish first, first you have to finish. Mm -hmm. Words to live by. Yeah. So so yeah. A uh, lot of strategy involved in that. Now. Mm -hmm. there, there's some thinking now. I like that. There's some thinking. I like that. NASCAR tire throws. I'm into it. <laughs> Let's make it happen. Let's make this happen. So there is a lot of throwing that goes on here. That's pretty much all the Highland Games are. It's just throwing things. Makes sense. So it's just <laughs> what you're throwing and how you're throwing it is basically... Yeah, it's all form. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all form and it's all you know, are you throwing a stone? Right. Are you throwing a you, log? Right. Alright, well, I, okay, so those are some interesting collaborations. Yes. Uh, yes. I would be more than willing to watch all of them, I think. I think so, too. I, I'm willing to give them a try at watching. <laughs> <laughs> Me, too, especially because I'm the one that's going to be making money off of it. Yeah, if, there, if there's too many commercials, though, I'm turning it off. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> We've already been through this. I'm, yeah. I'm a cord cutter and an ad. I don't know. Can I just do it on, like, Netflix or something like that? 
Yeah, sure. All right, let's yeah. just do that. Where so. do you find your platform for your weird sports? <laughs> so patent pending for all of these, patent yeah. pending. But those are some interesting collaborations, and so is this. Uh, this is not a collaboration. This is a partnership. Shut up. I didn't make it up. I didn't come up with it. It also says collaboration on the bottle. It says partnerships and collaboration. They're both there. So we're both right. Yes. All right. I can dig it. I like this beer. I like it, too. It doesn't really change much as it warms up, I noticed. Here's the thing. <laughs> as a a Scotch Ale mm-hmm. or Scottish Ale or Wee Heavy, yeah. it's terrible. <laughs> it's awful. As a beer in and of itself, it's pretty good. You know, I don't... I don't think I would say it's terrible as a all right, that's, all right, that's being a bit overdramatic. Well, I mean, I just, I do find it to be, I do find the malt in the beer. Mm-hmm. I just do find it to be overpowered by the cacao and the coffee. Right. It's almost like they covered up a good thing. Yeah, well, I don't know if they did. Well, <laughs> well it's covered up, yeah. I, I'm just saying, I do, I, it does have that uh, significant malty beer flavor about it mm-hmm. that, you know, does separate it from being a stout or a porter. I just, I'm curious as to what it may taste like without all the, with all, all the bells and whistles. So to be perfectly honest, and I just poured myself a fresh glass here, mm-hmm. you pour this out and you don't tell anybody what it is. Yeah. They think it is a stout or a porter. Right. Yeah. So that's why it's terrible because it's, it doesn't present itself as yeah, no, it, what it's supposed to be. Yeah. It, it presents itself strangely because it is calling itself out as a wee heavy in big letters. Right. Great big letters. That's the name of it. <laughs> uh, on first look, it presents itself as a stout or a porter. And then you smell it. On, yeah, you smell it. You smell nothing but coffee. And mm. it isn't until you finally taste it that it actually has that, uh, you know, particular mouthfeel right. and particular taste of malt forward being rather than, you know, super chocolate heavy. Right. But eventually that does give way to chocolate and coffee. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. So interesting beer. It it is a very interesting beer. Don't dislike it, but and that's what and that's going to make the uh, the podium quite interesting, which I believe it is time for us to go to. Yeah, let's go to the podium. Uh, you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? You go ahead. Okay. So th- this is the way I'm going to approach this. Okay. This partnership is really throwing a monkey wrench into the works. Okay. Because as previously mentioned, as a Scotch ale or a Scottish ale or we heavy. It's not that great. Mm-hmm. As a beer in and of itself, it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to to approach this as beer. Okay. Not as the style. Okay. Okay. Is that okay with you? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Do whatever. I mean, you gave the preface, so. I did. I did. I did. <laughs> You're going as far as beer, but not as far as style. Right. right. And I'm kind of taking a note from Christine from a little beer tasting group because uh-huh. she said, hey. We're just here to enjoy beer. Right. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. Yeah. So I'm going to kind of take a little bit from that. Here's how I'm going to rank them. In the bronze position, I'm actually going with the 21st Amendment. I, I, I know you're not going to like that. No. <laughs> and the biggest reason for that is not because of the beer. Yeah. It, it was not because of the execution. Yeah. It's got that tea flavor. Gotcha. I'm not a, I'm not a tea drinker. Okay. So it kind of came up against the stack deck simply simply because of the way it is. All right. <laughs> Why are you this way? <laughs> <laughs> it, to say it was a poorly executed beer is a lie. Mm-hmm. It's just, it, it just didn't. Just not your flavor. Right. 
So in the silver position, that's going to put uh, Rivertown. Okay. Their their Maxwell Scottish Ale. Yeah. Good beer. Uh, as we mentioned in segment one, that is a baseline, and I think that one is well, not think I know it is the truest to the style. Right. Because it's yeah. the only one that didn't have any adjuncts or trying to be fancy on anything right, right, like right. that. It was the baseline. Yeah, it was truest to the style. <laughs> Correct. It was the Honda Accord of the group. And <laughs> with that, that that is absolutely appropriate for it to be in the silver position. Good mm-hmm. beer. Yeah. I would drink it again. I would grab a six-pack anytime I, I had the opportunity. With that being said, the Heavy Seas Mad Tree Wee Heavy, as a beer, I really like this beer. Okay. Yes, I know it's a hot mess of, of what is it supposed to be. I get that. We, we've we talked about that multiple times. But as a beer in and of itself, I really liked it. I, mm. I thought it was a very enjoyable beer. Okay. And I would definitely pick up a bomber of this again. All right. There you go. Okay, cool. For me, I'm going to approach it actually kind of similar to you, and I'm not necessarily going to judge style, mm-hmm. being that two of the beers that we have had are you know, pretty full of, you know, bells and whistles. <laughs> right, right. But with that, I'll say the uh, the Maxwell's uh, Rivertown, that's going to be my bronze. Okay. As we've already said, it, it's, you know, just a baseline beer. Mm-hmm. It's not super impressive in any way to me, but it's not, in, you know, it's not offensive in any way either. It's not something I would grab over these other two beers. And, uh, yeah, just because of that, it's going to be a bronze. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, silver, I'm going to give to the Mad Tree Heavy Seas collaboration. I like it. I think there's a lot of good about it. But at the same time, I don't know. I don't. I, I'm getting a little bit fatigued myself, maybe. I think this is just a personal thing. I'm getting a little fatigued with like coffee mm-hmm. in beers when it's not presented all the way through. Okay. Like if, if I get a coffee beer, I want coffee 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 heavy flavors (laughs) and this one doesn't have it okay so i am kind of i'm i'm tired of beers half-assing it is what i'm getting at (laughs) and i feel like this beer kind of half-assed it with the you know with the coffee flavor okay with that said i would still definitely always take it over you know something like the maxwell's right because i find the maxwell's kind of mundane Okay. You know, it's just a mundane beer. But the gold is going to go to the Tales from the Kettle by 21st Amendment because it does it does accomplish a really good representation of the style with the heavy malt forwardness of it. Mm-hmm. It has the proper mouthfeel of a Scotch Ale, I think. And it has all that goodness of a Scotch Ale that you would find in the Maxwell's, but it adds in that extra little, you know, Uppy-doo. <laughs> yeah, little uppy-doos. Um, <laughs> little uppy-doos. Yeah. I mean, just things UK people say. They say things like uppy-doos and <laughs> cheese roll. and <laughs> Yeah, it just it just has that little extra kick from the from the black tea. Little present at the end. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's really good. And I like that a lot. And that's why that's my goal. Okay. That's all I got. That's all I've got. To be perfectly honest, good beers all around. Yeah. There wasn't a bad one in the bunch. No. No, not not a bad one in the bunch, just some that were a little more extra that, uh, you mm-hmm. know, I enjoyed a little bit more. Right. And it, it, it I, I think it all just came down to personal taste. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. it definitely came down to personal taste. You don't like tea, and I love tea. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, definitely personal taste on this one. Right. So. Uh, with that, I'm just going to go into our little social media plugs and everything where you can find us. If you want to find the Hot Nation USA on social media, just 
search Hop Nation USA on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and you'll find accounts for us there. And we have all kinds of stuff on those accounts. And if you want to listen to brand new episodes of the Hop Nation USA podcast every Friday, just search Hop Nation USA on Podbean, SoundCloud. No, not SoundCloud. I don't, mean, don't listen there anymore. No, no, hold on. Don't listen there anymore. You know I did right? want to put. I did want to put this out. Don't listen there. If you're listening on SoundCloud, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> but also iTunes, Google Music Play, and Stitcher. And if you're on iTunes, please leave us a five-star review because we're a five-star show, and this helps other people find out that we are a five-star show. Right. And you can also just go to the HopNationUSA.com website for reviews and features and all of the episodes and all kinds of other fun stuff. See all y'all next week. Thank you for joining us. And uh, if you have any suggestions for other Scotch ales or wee heavies or anything like that that we didn't try on the show that we should try, uh, let us know. Get a hold of us uh, by any of the social media platforms that we just talked about. And uh, with that, we'll see all y'all next week. 